Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Kelsey. Happy Monday, and thanks for joining with us. (sighs) Thanks for tuning back in. And we are so excited. As we mentioned on the last episode, our theme for February is love and focusing around Valentine's Day. And we have a very special guest on with us today. She is one of my very dear friends. And I kind of just wanted to get a quick introduction on who she is, and she'll do the same. So her name is Jen. Again, she's one of my best friends. And we actually met through yoga. She just had moved here from Seattle. And I just moved to Dallas from Ohio. And when we first met, she was someone that was extremely open about the things that she had gone through in her past. And I am a little bit younger than she is. And I always idolize how open she was and transparent because I think it helped guide me in the last year or two in my life, traveling through relationships and just different obstacles. So we thought she would be the perfect person to just kind of go into her story the, you know, going through a toxic relationship, the steps that she took to get out of it, to realize that she was in it, and on the positive and happy ending, she is now married and has a a baby boy on the way. So we are so excited to have her in. Welcome, Jen Walker. Welcome, Jen. So glad I got to meet you. Thanks, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good to be here, and I'm Super excited to dig into my past and pull up some skeletons and um, really, you know, I'm here with the intent of sharing um, with the hope of, you know, helping others who are experiencing something similar to what I did in my past or, you know, you might know someone that is, is going through a challenging relationship or time even just in their life. So, um, I'm here in the spirit of um, helping others and, um, you know, empowering others to move into to their best life. Yeah, I know. Thank you for coming on. And just to kind of kick things off, we're going to unfold a lot into this, but I think our very first question is kind of just walk me through the initial, you know, things that you went through in your relationship and kind of just go into, start from the very beginning and your side of the story and again, how you can help others through this. Sure. Um, how far should I go back? <laughs> Start from the beginning. We want all the details. Yeah, oh, we need all the details. <laughs> so I would say, you know, throughout my 20s, I'm I'm in my mid-30s now, but 20s were really about um, like uncovering who, who I was and like slowly uh, peeling away from like family norms. And and I don't know, when you think about relationships, no one teaches you how to be in relationships. No one teaches you how to navigate like romantic partners. Like you don't learn that. And so it's a lot of stumbling forward um, and just a a lot of failure. (laughs) And like, as you move away from like how you grew up and the expectations of, you know, the, models that you had, whether it was your parents or your, your grandparents or aunts and uncles, or just, you know, even heck Disney movies, right? Um, you're surrounded by like this societal expectation of how relationships should be. And throughout my twenties, it was really around peeling away from that. So I moved to Seattle when I was 22 for a relationship, for my career, relationship ended, kept my career going, landed into yoga, been teaching yoga since I was 22. And 
Um, I always, you know, it's how Aaron and I met, but it's yoga has been like the, the most pivotal and most grounding space for me to connect and heal. And I go back to that because, and I'll come back to it a lot today. Um, but as, as I navigated relationships in my twenties, um, finding the safe space, the quiet space to connect, to discern, to ask the questions around like, why am I like, why am I doing this? Why do I really like how I am in relationships? Does this work for me? Um, you know, there's a peeling away from that to really find your kind of true path and to find, find like what works for you. So in my early twenties, you know, as, as many do, you bounce around relationships, but I really took the time from like 26 to 27 to, um, quote, find myself. And that's such a loaded, (laughs) such a loaded statement. But I was realizing that I didn't know what I wanted. And so in that, I took time to really take two years. I took from 26 to 27 to focus on my faith, get back into serving. I did mission trips. I was just in full service um, to the community. I was focusing on my health. I was expanding in my yoga career. Um, At the time I was living in Seattle, I was climbing the quote yoga ladder and becoming um, just a really top teacher. Um, I became a Lululemon ambassador. And so at that time I was in a really like sacred space of personal growth. And I saw that and I knew it. And I was like ready. I was ready to like find someone. And I met my ex. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I guess would be like my quote toxic relationship. Um, And I was like full of personal development, full of focus. Then I was so connected to what I thought was what I wanted. Um, I felt really aligned with like my faith, aligned with what I wanted. um, And which is why I was super drawn to him. Um, And when I met him, I was 28 and I'm going to call him him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> him. He doesn't get a name anymore. <laughs> um, but I met him when I was 28. I was in a really good place. And I thought he was like the man of my dreams. I mean, like everything lined up. In fact, during my like two sacred years of being single, I like made a list. Because I'm like, what the heck do I even want? I literally wrote down two pages from like – holding my hand in public. It seems so simple, but like that was really important to me. And it's like, I made a list, like a long list and this, he checked off everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is it. And I was blown away. Um, uh, you know, he mentally stimulated me. He was super physically attracted. Um, you know, he had the biggest heart, um, and you know, like everything that I wanted, he was, he was like it, um, kind of like that guy where you're like calling your mom and you're like, I think I found the one, you know, <laughs> um, looking back, I was definitely charmed in rather quickly, um, through his, his charm. But, you know, at the time I felt really safe to like let him in. And I know that we're, I mean, Aaron, we're like friends for two, two years into our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. We met. Yeah, two years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am actually like a very closed book. I do all of my processing and healing like 
behind the scenes. I'm not like one to call up my friends and like go through all the details of my life and like process by talking and communicating. I really process by turning inward. Um, so it's funny, like you're like, you're an open book, but it's because I, I felt safe with you, Erin. And, um, and so kind of taking that back to this relationship um, with my ex, I felt safe with him. Um, and I really felt like I could let him in. Um, so we progressed quickly and it was like head over heels. Um, and it's funny because I felt super safe moving into the relationship. Like the second half of our relationship, I felt the most unsafe, like emotionally, physically, like in every single way. So it's interesting, like what happened in between, like from feeling the safest I'd ever been to completely unsafe, like, or or feeling disconnected, you know, you think in, Again, Kelsey's been in the same relationship for seven years, so she can kind of, you know, connect on the long term. But I think for me, it's like, and I have made lists too, like just the difference between, you know, like what do I want with core values? Actually, it was sparked by Think Like a Monk. It was going, he was going through a chapter on relationships and it really sparked me to be like, you know, what, what do you truly want at this core level? Like, what do you, what are the core values and traits that you're looking for? And I like that you said that because I did the same thing. Um, But yeah, and I feel like you the difference between lust and love, and maybe that's something that you can touch on when you think that you felt, you know, head over heels for this guy. And it's like, you sometimes get caught up in things that you think are love and maybe sometimes they're lust or there maybe can you touch on traits that you thought that you wanted that maybe now looking back were not things that you see in your now husband or came with growth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, one of the you know, shifting from like lust, I think there's definitely lust, you know, and admiration at the beginning of my last relationship. And, you know, slowly over time, you have more life experiences together, you move quickly, you start doing all things together, you open up more and more, and you just start to do life together. Um, There comes a point where, um, you know, your walls start to come down and then the real people start to show up. And, you know, you're always putting your best foot forward, but over time, I think slowly, that's how a lot of dysfunction happens is, is really when, when the two partners in a relationship aren't willing to see their opportunities to grow or aren't willing to do the work. And, you know, when you think about a toxic relationship, you never go into a relationship thinking, I want to harm this person, you know, you go into your best intent. um, And, you know, but there are destructive behaviors that can come out, whether you are aware of them or you're not and your subconscious, your subconscious mind is starting to, you know, I guess, fuel your, your relationship and the, the actions that you have in the relationship. So for example, you know, my ex had a lot, a really hard childhood and was kind of forced to grow up really quickly. And so he didn't do a lot of like the quote, growing up emotionally. Um, He was an athlete and just was fast tracked into being in this big role. And um, unfortunately, like his emotional ability to process and to present himself and to work through challenging situations just wasn't there. And so it, his subconscious, I guess, destructive 
behaviors and processes really influenced how we had deep conversations and how we were able to address challenging moments. And I think that is really the key kind of moment. I already forgot your question, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. I think my question was just going back to, you know, you wrote down this list of things that you that you wanted in someone. And at the point when the relationship started to take a turn and you started to realize that maybe this wasn't that all the things that you had written down that he met started to drift away. Was there a time where you were like, did those views change from now? So, you know, you wrote down a list of all of those things. Are those, you know, did you carry that into your relationship now? Or did you realize then that this list worked for you at that point and with him and then it evolved or changed? If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me back. So, Here's what's interesting is my list is still the same. Yeah. My list yeah. is still the same. And it's it's the person that can step in to that and meet my needs, whether it's basic things like holding my hand in public or um, deeper, but it's it's the person that can step in and create a safe container for me to grow. And with my ex, um, you know, he was emotionally abusive. There were physical moments, but slowly my safety deteriorated. So like my ability to grow and as a person and have that personal growth, um, was, it was completely dissolved. Like I wasn't, I wasn't safe. And so I, you know, my defense mechanism is to shut down. Um, but, and, and, and become codependent because I'm a fixer in relationships. And so, I completely self-abandoned myself and like literally like let go of all of my priorities, let go of my list of qualities in a man I want because I was so codependent on him. And it, it relations it's two ways. Like we all show up in relationships. It's not just a one-way street. I fueled, I stayed too long. Like, you know, it's it's challenging. And I also don't think it's easy. And I also think, and you know, again, why I knew you were the perfect guest is because you have been so open, but you have done the work internally to get over that. And you, you know, realized it. And I think it takes time to really process those emotions and figure out, you know, why did this happen? At what point, you know, did you start losing yourself or, you know, you realize what happened, but again, you have those stages of grief and, you know, I've never been in it. So I'm not going to, you know, speak for my own, you know, from my own experience, but I think not jumping ahead, but what advice or what red flags, as Kelsey likes to call them, did you notice? And at what point did you notice in the relationship that kind of made made you wake up and say like, hey, this is not what I want to be in. And what did you do from that point forward to start the exit or start moving on? Exactly, Aaron, what I was like about to ask because um, obviously this is my first time meeting you and like hearing your story. So the way that I'm interpreting it is, is like he had this really good way of like turning charm on and like you guys instantly had a connection and it seems like you had a really good thing going. So kind of like what Aaron said, what were some of those like red flags or like when did the charm kind of go off and like some of the um, negatives and maybe some of the hardships that you guys started going through. So yeah, exactly what Erin said. Just some red flags. Totally. Um, I would say when I stopped um, over-functioning in the relationship, 
Meaning uh, when I stopped doing everything for our yeah. relationship, when I stopped, like, I mean, and I'm just thinking like even simple, um, like doing all the home, home chores, doing all the, the planning of our trips, doing all of the finances, financially supporting more heavily than I, I would really prefer um, doing all of the, um, you're working full time, teaching yoga on the side, planning, hosting, cleaning, doing all of the things while he can sit back and kick his feet up on top of me wanting to overfunction to the point where I want to process his emotions for him. I'm like, come on, just pro- process through it so we can get beyond it. Like get through your wounds of your childhood because I, I know who you are. I know you and your best self, but you're stuck in, in these unhealthy patterns and you're treating me with disrespect. Um, you're not treating me how I know you you at your best do. And so when I stopped overfunctioning and when I is when I really started to see clearly like who he was, how he was showing up. And I think the the biggest thing, does that make sense like the overfunctioning? Yeah. yeah. And for the audience, so you know for I always like to tie it back to the people listening because again, this is we're, we're here to serve you guys. So when you see these things, and you know, for the audience out there, what we're you know, you obviously you've been specific, but for them, if it's someone going through it, touch a little bit more on you know when you the aftermath of overfunctioning, like when you stopped doing that, and other things that maybe if they're going through it that they're noticing. Totally, yeah. So, um. Let me just give you some examples of when I stopped overfunctioning and really stood on my own. Um, it's funny because part of part of really getting out of an unhealthy relationship is to have a strong support system. And I had one specific friend. And let me tell you, I didn't share, and this is also kind of a quote red flag, is like I didn't share everything with anyone. I, everyone got a bit or a piece of my experience or my life to the point where People were shocked at like once I, I I left that relationship how it really was. Um, they were in disbelief um, because I never shared everything and I'm a really good hider. Um, mm-hmm. Because you get to a point in a relationship where you've been in it so long and you are the power couple and everybody thinks from the outside looking in because that's how you created it to be that it's perfect when it's not. And so I never shared everything with anyone. Like, and so you know, lesson learned. You should have one or two, two friends, family members, whoever that you just dump on and you're there that they're your person. Um, and so there was a lot of shame around that. So like going back to, I had one person, my one friend who I would tell the most to, but not everything because I didn't want her. I, I didn't want her to know, um, one, because I was ashamed that I was in that situation. I was embarrassed. Um, and so she, she was older than me and she would always for six years, cause I was with him for six years, at least once a year, I would share enough for her to raise an eyebrow. Um, you know, it, th- what he would say to me or how he would treat me or my energy when he was in the room was more anxious and I'm not an anxious person, but I would have anxiety around, um, you know, hosting and making things quote perfect or doing it the right way or dressing the right way. Um, which is insane. <laughs> I actually remember when you told me that 
And I was just like, oh, if someone told me how to dress, they would get up from black eye. Oh, like you mean if you were wearing something like a little bit more showy, like that in that kind of way or? Yeah. No. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, like if I was going to grab grab drinks with some friends, which is very rare because I, as as most, when you're in a toxic, abusive relationship, you cut off your friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, you you self-abandon that side of your yourself as well. So when I would go out to get drinks, it was, oh, you're looking to, looking to have fun tonight or like, or it would be like, no, that doesn't look good together. Like he would try to dress me, especially like weddings or events where I was on his side quote. Um, I had to look a certain way. And I thought it was cute in the beginning of a relationship because he was like, oh, let's go shopping. Like I'll buy you dresses, this and that. Um, and I was like, this is so sweet. Um, but it was but more it was of really- a control factor pretty much. He wanted to control even down to like your clothes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't cut my hair because he loved long hair. I mean, it was it was insane. It was it was literally insane. I lost myself. I lost the ability to make decisions for myself. <laughs> Which is, I mean, just knowing her now, it's like when you see someone go through the whole thing, and I also got her on the other side of it. And I remember I texted her. I think or I said a prayer on their wedding day, um, which was not long ago. And I as I'm tearing up, but I was just like, she's come so far. And it's, you know, when you see someone that you care about go through again, like the two relationships, the two people in my life that went through it, it's so hard, especially for someone like me who, you know, and this would kind of tie back to your friend that would raise an eyebrow. I've always been the very direct straight shooter. So if I see it, you know, and if I saw that was going on in your life, I'm what the heck are you doing? I want you to get out of it. Like, how can I help you? And I always want to, cause I always see the best, again, you see the best in people. Yeah. And especially with me, this is one you know flaw and Kelsey knows this is, you know, I, when I care for someone and I want them to be in the best relationship with the best job, living their dream life. And it's hard because, you know, and you can touch on this is that you had to come to the conclusion that you wanted to leave. There was not going to be another person out there that was going to pull you out of that. Um, is that something that you agree with? Or absolutely, absolutely. Like it's really challenging because when you're in it, it's a really vicious cycle because the highs are really, really high and they're amazing and life is everything you could ever dreamed of with them. But the lows are so low. It would take me weeks to recover from like physically being harmed, like my safety being threatened, being locked in a room, having all of the belongings he's ever purchased me from put in a garbage bag and thrown out in the house and saying, I don't deserve it. I'm so ungrateful. I'm such an ungrateful Banty Sage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like just, it, it's insane, but yeah. they pull you back. They pull you back because they play their cards and, um, and it's challenging. It's really hard. And you, only you can get to the point when you're ready to leave. Um, and so, you know, thankfully I had friends who were ready to scoop me up um, and provide me with a safe space to get out of there. But yeah, it, it took time to, to prepare for that. And I think what, and this is something I've realized and, you know, talking with my mom about it is that you, they need to realize what happened. And the most important thing, and again, it's me biting my tongue sometimes is just once they realize that they're on the other side of it, it's your job to be their friend, even if you didn't agree with what was going on previously. And I think that's one thing that I learned is that it's like letting go of that for me, it's ego and frustration of like, why you're my friend. Like, you know, why, why weren't you listening to me? Or why would you do that? And, you know, anger, 
you know, getting past that anger and just allowing yourself to, you know, scoop those people up. And I know if I was your friend at that time, I would have done that same thing, but touch on that a little bit more in your support system and how they helped you after things ended and your, you know, how you got out and when you realized it's time to just move on. Yeah. That's a really good, um, a good thing to bring up is like having that support system because if you, you know, often you won't, like I said, you won't share everything. And so if you have a friend or you know someone that is, you know, you're starting to raise an eyebrow or, or start to question, you know, your, your friend's relationship or situation, um, is to keep asking questions. Um, they'll get defensive. I got defensive. I made excuses, um, you know, for my ex's behaviors, for why they are the way they are. Um, but just keep asking questions, just check in. I think it's, it's not about you at that point. It really, you do get, you get spiraled into this world that is so dysfunctional that you literally can't see clearly. You can't think clearly. And it, and you don't try to get to that point. It just slowly happens. And, you know, it's hard to discern, do I stay in this relationship? Because you do see the best in people. Um, and that's, that was, that's always the challenging thing. It's like something, you know, we would be in a low situation or a low period of our relationship. And, um, you know, you start thinking like, do I give them ultimatum? Do I, do I leave? Do I move out? Cause you know, we live together, we would together for a long time. And so it's like the challenging thing for me is that when you're told that you're no one without them, when you're told you would be, you would be a nobody and that nobody would, would love you the way you love, they love you. And like when you're told that over and over, like your self-worth is so low that you actually think that you would be no one without them. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's And I feel like there's probably a lot of girls and guys out there right now who are kind of in that place in their life where they've been with someone and they know that there's red flags. They know that, you know, this is probably a relationship that they should leave, but it's scary because like you said, they're being told that if they were to do that, then they're not going to, you know, be anything. And that's a really scary place to be in. What was kind of, or something that I'm curious about is when you guys were in your lows, but then you would make your way back to the highs. Was he someone who would apologize and say there would be change or did he kind of more so play the game of like, reverting it back on you. You did the wrong. You need to apologize. And then we can move forward. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the emotional, emotionally abusive roller coaster is beat you down, beat you down emotionally, like you're worthless. You'd be no one. The list goes on to the point where you break. Um, and then it's, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I didn't mean it. Um, I was just having a bad day. I always take my family stress out on you. I take my work stress out on you. I really don't want you to be my emotional punching bag. Like, and then they, it's like, you see the the best in them. Like, I, I thank you for seeing that. Um, but I need to, I need to see it long-term and then it happens again or, um, or they cast blame. 
So that yeah. comes Marwin. And that's kind of getting into the how do you start to break free from it is, um, you know, stopping the overfunctioning, like standing in your own two feet and really aligning with like what you want and being a strong person. But it's starting to ask really hard questions and like ask questions, like have those conversations. Like, do I even like this? Why am I feeling like this? Um, is it normal that someone talks to you like this? Start to ask those questions um, and have conversations together and, and ask your partner, like, hey, I'm feeling really disconnected. Are you feeling the same way? Let's dig into that. Like, can we start to do things to reconnect, try new things, take a trip, like reset? When I would do that with my ex, it was always, we'll figure it out, Jen. It was a blame game um, of, well, like you have all the tools. You're a yoga teacher. You're supposed to be all Zen and like have everything figured out, like figure it out. I'm like, this is a two-way street. And so when I, it was like, I was always challenging him. And so time and time again, I would come, come to him with questions or like, you know, just approaching him with a normal conversation around our relationship or, um, yeah, just like wanting to up level, wanting to improve our situation. Um, and it was always a blame. It was always gaslighting me into flipping it on to it's my fault. Um, and never taking ownership, never really like stepping up. Yes, there might be apologies, but um, I slowly just never believed them because his actions didn't match that apology. I was literally just about to say actions speak louder than words. There's nothing more frustrating. And, you know, I do this with myself is that if I make a mistake or I say something that I didn't align with, I immediately go internal and it's like, okay, if I made, especially if you're in a serious relationship and you really truly care about someone, it's like, if you're hurting their feelings over and over and over again, it's like, okay, you have to take a step back and really realize why am I doing this? And for him, it was his subconscious, those things from when he was younger that were coming out into your relationship. And you started to realize that, but if he, and obviously he was not willing to make those changes. And for you, it's like, you want to be there because you see the best in him, but it kind of goes back to, you know, being a friend and watching it happen. It's like, if they don't see those qualities and those things that they need to fix and they don't think that they're wrong, it's never going to change because the first step I think in any sort of change is like realizing that you're in the wrong or realizing that there's an issue. And if you are so blinded by, oh no, this, it'll fix itself out or it's this. And you know, you don't think that you're doing anything wrong, then how are they ever going to change? You know, like people don't change unless they truly want to change. And I, I mean, again, I can't, I've, I've never been through it, but I can even imagine, you know, seeing someone that you love and that you've spent so much time with. It's like, you know, when you ask yourself those hard questions, is it worth it leaving? And, you know, for you who was told that you weren't anything better, it's like you knew that you were better, but you start to believe things that people are telling you. And I mean, even in everyday life, it's like if someone tells you that you're, you know, ugly or whatever it is, it's like you start to believe that even though you know in your gut that that's not true. And so, you know, kind of tying in yoga and, you know, meditation and creating that space and, you know, you know your intuition and, you know, was it four or five or, you know, was it the last year that you guys were together that your gut was really screaming at you, it's time to leave, like it's time to move on. And again, how did you get out. Yeah. Um, 
it was really like the last six months and I mean, I would the last year really, but truly the last six months of that relationship, um, you know, I was asking, asking myself those questions. Like, do I like who I am every day? Do I like the world that I've created around me and the support network or lack thereof? And what, honestly, what saved me is my job. Like I began to travel more for work and, um, it allowed me to have space away from him. And it allowed me to really strengthen like my inner voice. And it allowed me to have time to process and really think deeply. Um, and so, you know, because I had those, those challenge attempts to have real conversations with him, um, which is a beautiful thing to do in relationships. And it is a, like an intersection. You either have that difficult conversation, like heart to heart, no wounds, no, you know, subconscious controlling behaviors, but seeing the person across the table, having a heart to heart, being vulnerable, having those conversations is like a beautiful intersection to either deepen your relationship or break it or crack it. So every time I came to him, he, it, a little crack, there's a little crack, a little crack, um, because he wasn't willing to step up and really see me and understand me and hear me out and step into the relationship to deepen. So I kept calling him into his face to deepen, to deepen, to deepen. And he never, never took it in. Um, after the fact, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But at that time to really step up, um, just wasn't there. So, so going back to having more space, having more time away allowed me to really like solidify like and realign. You gained um, your confidence and, back. Yeah, girl. <laughs> girl, there's nothing better than power walking through an airport to a business meeting with hey. some foreign shield yeah. and a hot briefcase yes briefcase we call them briefcases (laughs) I loved her loves her business outfit she's like I love going through the airport my business outfit I'm like oh I'll stick with a little oven but you got it (laughs) seriously or like leading a big meeting in a boardroom full of insecure men I'm just kidding sorry (laughs) Sorry, guys (laughs) it's really and it really helped me you know I'm so thankful for my career I love my career and it's really been been helpful in, in giving me strength and just giving me the opportunity to find my voice again. And what's crazy is after I got out of, of that relationship, I just it boomed my career like to the next level because it was truly holding me back even, even then. So, so yeah, I think, you know, what got me out was to keep asking the questions to realize like every opportunity that you can have those conversations is to deepen or to, to break. And I had more breaks and more breaks physically away from him, but those conversations, it just, it didn't go anywhere. It was a dead end. And I was so numb to him blaming me and casting harsh words upon me. Like it, it didn't break me anymore. And so, um, I called up my friend and said, all right, let's execute that exit strategy. Truly. I did. I texted her. She's like, all right, here we go. That's awesome. 
in support system, you know, going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, it's, you know, asking those questions and then it's leaning on your support system and knowing that even if those relationships haven't been there through, you know, the last couple of years that you're in or however long, you know, if you're going through this now, but that they're going to be there for you on the other side. And it truly, and I've heard that, you know, from other people that have gone through it is that's like knowing that, you know, my family or my friends were there too. You know, I know you and touch on a little bit. I obviously know, but touch on, you know, your exit and then moving into the happy ending and, you know, finding your husband now and how much you have grown as a person and how this relationship fulfills you a lot better now. Yeah. Cause how can you, um, how does someone like open your heart again after going through that? And it's like, now obviously you're married. So you did open your heart again to love. Totally. Um, we all love happy endings, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, leaving the relationship, um, I, as I said before, I process like in private, um, but I had like, you know, really just like, it's a God thing. I, I had a yoga network of friends that my ex didn't know. And, What's funny is I had a big girls night like the week before I I broke up with him and I of course, you know, a little liquid courage and all the all the <laughs> all the cobwebs come out, all of the stories came out and I was just like ladies like and I hadn't really hung out with these gals very much but um through through the drunk confessions I had a place to live lined up and I had um people who were willing to trade cars with me so he couldn't follow me. Um, like literally I, I had these, this group of women wrap their hearts and arms around me and like take me in and take me in and like just hold me and let me just be. And so I slowly moved things out over time because of past experiences. I knew he would take anything that he ever gave me or had sentiment and he would throw it away or which he did. Um, so hello, new closet, new clothes for me. <laughs> yeah. um, but so, yeah, it was a careful, strategic move. Um, and then, of course, when I approached him for that final intersection of can we deepen or can we break, he immediately went to, um, ca- um, I want to say gaslight me. Gaslight me. Gaslight. Thank you. <laughs> Um, he, he immediately went to blame me. Um, and so, and I even, my friend coached me on this, this final conversation, um, because she, she'd been through it all too. And she said, he's going to do this and then he's going to do this and then he's going to gaslight you. And then he's going to plead and beg. And then he's going to say everything that you've ever asked him to do. He'll do. He followed it to the T to a point where I, I laughed, you guys, I laughed and it's, I feel so bad saying this, but I like kind of giggled because I was an, so out of out of my body and out of the experience. It was like seeing it third person. Um, and I was like, I'm done. So anyways, so from that place. <laughs> transitioning that just warms to my heart part. though, that like you had such this amazing support system and it's like you guys had one night, you put an action plan together. Like, because I mean, from what it seems like it would have been if you didn't have those girls – you know, surrounding you and helping you out, it probably would would have been a harder experience to draw the line and then go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
it's amazing when you are real with, with, with women and with your community. Absolutely. Like we'll drop, drop it. Let's go. Like we're here, we're here for you. And that's what the yoga community has always been for me. These women, like I just met like within, you know, a year I, I changed, I added a new studio and it's like, it's pretty incredible when you, when you find your community and you always, you always can find your people and you can always find support. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's so, and I, I mean, even obviously we met through yoga, but I think, and you know, faith kind of goes into that. And I think that's something that we all share in the yoga community is a strong sense of, you know, intuition and all that, but it comes from some sort of, you know, higher power, whatever believe in, and you know, on this podcast, that's not, you know, the goal of it. And we're not going to tell you what to believe in, but I think it really is true. And it's, you know, now even looking back, you're, you know, you were saved for a reason and you were given those women to be there for you when you needed them literally the most that you could have ever in your life. Totally. Um, you know, and as, as I left that relationship and I think as anyone leaves any relationship or if you've been single for a while, I always try to like step into this idea of like, how is this time in my life sacred? Like I just transitioned right now into a new season. Um, but going back to that relationship, it's like, I just took the time again to allow the breakup and the grieving process. Cause it really is a grieving process of losing a lot, losing people, connections, networks, communities, um, social, right. The social aspect, it's a grieving process, but I just always went back to like, my theme is like sacred healing. And so I really tried to take the time to heal, get back into yoga and not only just like practice self-care, like self-care, you're like, oh, take a bubble bath, (laughs) have your, you know, your champagne, have a girl's night. It's like so much more than that. Like that's great. Like that tells your brain that you matter, but it's a layer even deeper to like falling in love with yourself to the point where you become your best friend. Mm-hmm. your own best friend. You are so good being solo. Like you're, you're good. Um, and there is, it takes some time to like not have that another person. Um, so getting into that place of like self admiration where your spine is taller, you know what you want to the point where you no longer call in like unhealthy people, you no longer attract or even want to waste your time with energy sucking people, you know? Oh yeah. You're preaching to me. <laughs> Jen knows me too well, but I'm over here like, oh yeah, if you're going to waste my time. Goodbye. I mean, but it's also not a, and I actually saw this the other day and it was someone talking about, you know, you always see bloggers and people on Instagram post and their questions and girls are always like, you know, how did you meet the right person? And one of the girls that I absolutely love to follow, she posted, when you actually truly know who you are, you're going to call in the right people. And it couldn't be more true. I mean, even going for myself, it's like, you really have to do that internal self-care meditation, whatever that is for you to figure out what's going on subconsciously. And when you truly know who you are, you're going to start attracting the right people because you're giving off that energy of like, I know who I am. And I feel like, you know, we touched on confidence on the last episode, but I feel like the last, you know, five or six months for me, that's what it's been. It's like, you know, I know who I am and what I want. And I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to change that. The right person's going to come into your life and fill that spot and take it or leave it, you know? And obviously it worked in your favor. And you're a lot happier now, which we're all grateful for. So continue on. (laughs) Absolutely. And 
you're so fortunate to have that like at your age. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but it's like the last episode and, you know, you and obviously our other friend, Laura, shout out Laura. I think it's, mm-hmm. for me, it's always been, you know, surrounding myself with people that have been through a lot more than me so that I can learn from their mistakes. And I also, you know, nature versus nurture. I grew up with a very, very strong world mom. She, <laughs> she tells it like it is to anyone that's around. So, and I also don't think that age is, you know, age is just a number and everyone's on a different journey. And for you, you know, it wouldn't have made sense 10 years ago for you, you to be where you are. You had to go through those things. Cause I, I don't think you would be the person you are today if it was not for that relationship. Absolutely not. And that's, that's a good point to bring up is like, I'm so able to sit here and talk about my past, like very hard, hard past, um, in my life. Um, I know everyone has challenging experiences, much more difficult than what I had, but my experience was my experience. Um, and I wouldn't be able to sit here today and speak about it, um, and not come to tears or let it influence my emotions. Um, until I got to the point where I thoroughly healed from it, processed it. I no longer have shame for being in that experience. And, I'm gr- I, I'm to a point where I'm now grateful for it, and and that's a good place to be um, to move to moving out out of it. Um, I think like looking at I, I think the process of continually asking yourself questions is never ending. Um, is do I even like this? Am I am I liking the person that shows up every day? Um, is it normal to feel like this? So continuing to ask yourself those questions is so important. And, you know, like Aaron, you said, and I'm not sure about you, Kelsey, like your kind of network around you. But when I was your age, I had friends when I was in my mid twenties, I had friends in their mid thirties, mid forties. I had many friends who were older than me, like girlfriends through the yoga community that I was in that I all met. And then I had friends younger and I had a pastor in my twenties share that it was, it's so important to have mentors and to mentee, is that mentee? And to have mentees. Is that right? Mentees? (laughs) Uh, I don't, don't ask me. I'm I'm terrible with grammar. (laughs) I'm not the grammar. People that you can help through their experiences. Yes. Thank you, Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Mentos? What? (laughs) I think I'm plenty. I'm hungry. Pregnancy craving. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, and the value of having like wisdom being just poured all over you from someone older in your life who's been through more, who's, who's processed the things you've not yet been to. And then for you to have the same sort of experience shedding that light what you've been through because you you know, you've all been through we've all been through things onto someone younger it's like to be in that kind of sandwich is such a kind of wealthy and wise place to be so and generous place yeah i mean that you accurately describe my life now and <laughs> too and you know that's why we started this podcast cuz obviously you know we have connections and we have friends but it's all about sharing those experiences. And for you, it's, you know, you had that story so that you could be on this podcast today to help others. And that's why, again, why we started this is because we want to share our story to help other people out there because you, there's nothing even, you know, we don't know a lot of you guys personally, but we would never wish, you know, the worst on anyone out there. And Mm -hmm. it's your story that can help 
you know, if there's one listener out there that's going through it to, you know, not be scared to stand up for yourself, to not be scared and to know truly from the bottom of our hearts to yours that you deserve better. And I always say that. And, you know, I take it a little bit too far sometimes with my own self. I'm like, I deserve, you know, (laughs) a little ego driven, Um, but it's true. And it's, you know, again, like when you know your worth and you know what you want in your life, there's no reason why you should take no for an answer. It it doesn't matter if it's in your career, whatever it is. It's like, if you know that, you know, when for you, I'm not going to speak for you, but you know, you knew that you wanted to get married and you knew you wanted to have kids. And if that relationship is not serving you or they're not meeting you where you want to be, I don't think it's a bad thing to say, you know what? We got to move on. I I know it's not that easy. Again, I'm very black and white. I'm like my way, (laughs) your way or the highway, but I don't, you know, looking at you now, it's, you knew those things and you acted on them and you did the internal work to have that life that you deserved. Yeah. And before you guys, or before you get into like your glow moment, we know you're married now and you have a baby on the way. You said something that was interesting me and interesting to me when you said like, you don't carry that shame anymore. And I think there's a lot of societal pressures for girls, especially in relationships, you know, there's just a lot of expectations that we have to carry on happy relationships, to take the next step and, you know, pressures for marriage and stuff. And I kind of have a question and maybe it goes to both of you, but, you know, you guys are based in Dallas and I'm based in Cleveland and just some of the things that Aaron has told me about, you know, maybe more like Southern areas that there's just this pressure for women to uphold like a very... Um, you know, quote unquote, perfect relationship. Is that true? Is that something that you kind of, well, I know you were in Seattle at the time, but is that kind of what you meant when you said like the shame part of it? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. You bring that up. I would say to the first, to the, to the first, first question you had, I definitely think regionally there are different, you know, societal expectations on marriage. When marriage should occur, should being the word, the keyword. Anytime should is in, in a sentence, I'm like, mm, why? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I definitely noticed that being a bigger societal expectation in Dallas um, compared to Seattle. Seattle women are a little bit more, um, you know, just more feminine, f- feminine, kind of feminist kind of power and just really kind of owning owning the life that they want. Um, but I grew up in the Midwest and so I, I had that ingrained in me. And so that was definitely like appealing back throughout my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Aaron, do you feel that way? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Kelsey knows <laughs> all my friends in Ohio. I mean, none of them are, none of us are in serious relationships. I know for me, I, again, timeline. I know people are saying, Aaron, don't have a timeline. But for me, I kind of always knew that I wanted to get married later in life, closer to the, you know, the age of 30, just because I feel like there is a lot of growing in your 20s. And again, every age is different. I think, you know, again, I'm very grateful that I, you know, went through a lot in, you know, middle school and high school to really come into who I am at this point. And now I know, you know, that I, if it happened in the next year and I met, you know, the love of my life, I wouldn't be mad. But I also think there's definitely, even when I've been dating, I feel like it's either, you know, they want to move so fast and I get stressed out. I'm like, oh no. Slow your rolls, bro. (laughs) But in the Midwest, like you're from Iowa, I'm from Ohio. So they're definitely, we had that ingrained in our brain that get your career first and everything else second. Yeah. I was going to say in Cleveland, like, um, there's not, there's definitely not that like 
stigma, I guess, if that's the right word. Kelsey would love to get married in the next year and have kids. <laughs> yeah, and then it's there's okay. me, and I'm who, like, who would fit in in Dallas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hello, ring, hello, baby. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I, I, I truly think everyone has their own path, and yeah. you know, I, I mean, I think it's. Here's what I, I would say: is if you find someone that provides everything on your list (laughs) and a safe space for you to grow, for you to be yourself, truly be yourself. Um, I think that's beautiful. Sign up for it. Like, absolutely. Um, but it can be harder for, um, to find that when you're younger in my, in my opinion, in my perspective and my, from my experiences, but, um, Go for it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like you mentioned, you are married now and, you know, we're all about talking about, yes, realizing what we've um, gone through in the past and how we worked about it, but then harping on the positives and the power of everything that's positive. So what are some of the, we talked about the, the red flags, but, you know, moving on, this is the good stuff. Like what are the green flags and green flags in your relationship, you know? the good things and, um, you know, just everything. Now you've, you're moved forward. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This is a heavy topic. <laughs> I know. I feel like, like, okay, so- brush it off our shoulders. Now we're on to all the happy things. <laughs> I feel like I need to sage myself or something. <laughs> we yeah. did sage before this, but like Kelsey That's said, <laughs> just, you, know, you are married, you have a baby on the way, you've come so far. So you know, the gen now, those, you know, tips or feedback for girls that are, maybe they left a tough relationship, maybe they're getting out of it, you know, finding your happiness. And when you knew that the person that you're married to now, again, we're not going to say names, is, was the one and go. Yeah. So (laughs) always, always find your personal practice so that you can always come home to yourself. And then you always make decisions from your heart and from the place that you know is for you. So that's like baseline um, as to having that personal practice. But looking at or looking for a partner, I can speak from my experience that um, with my husband, like it was just easy and not like, oh, he's, it it was just easy. It was um, normal, (laughs) which is from where I came from. Like normal was a really good thing. Um, he stimulates me on like every single level intellectually like the conversations we have are just insane like from day to day to like super deep conversations um I know Aaron you know my husband (laughs) and he's a very like outgoing and he he talks a lot but (laughs) (laughs) that makes two of us that makes two of us you are my husband in, in female form. <laughs> um, but he, he, and he's not as like, you know, I'm a yogi. I like the woo woo things. And, um, and he's not like that. He's not, he's a very like traditional guy. Um, and he's very predictable and he's, he's very simple, um, very simple to be, to make happy really, truly. And, um, but he lets me be me 
and he lets me like be my whole self. He lets me burn my burn my incense. He lets me, you know, record my yoga sessions at home. Like he lets me do me uh, because he is a whole person. He has done the work. He recognizes where he needs to step up and he does it. Like when I say I bring a conversation to him or, you know, a question or a concern or like, Hey, when you do this, like I, it makes me feel uneasy or, you know, um, it could be work that I need to do, but I, I bring something forward in the conversation and it's always taken in as an opportunity to deepen every single time, every time it's never a blame game. It's never, um, a pushback. It's, it's, let's unpack this. Let's dig in. Do I need to do something? Do you need to do something? Do we need to do something to resolve this, to go deeper, to, to be stronger? And so he's so like willing to step up into our relationship on in every single way. So, and he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. Gotta go for the good looking ones. <laughs> Yeah, something that works, um, there's like a lot of similarities there, Jen, with like, it seems like with your relationship and, you know, the positives and the amazing things in mine. And I think just for us, something that really works is like, not only are we in um, like a relationship, but there's a friendship there. And like the foundation is based on an amazing friendship. And yeah, like there, we might be, I'm like you, I'm into like all the woo-woo stuff, if that's what you want to call it. And um, my boyfriend's more on the real realism side, but we have the friendship <laughs> there. And it seems like that's what you guys have too. Yeah, it's such a good foundation. And I I knew he was the, the one when I was able to relax deeper into myself more than I had ever done in my entire life. Like I like was standing on my two feet, like I could see clearly, like I, I wasn't anxious. I wasn't, um, anything else but myself, um, which was a big relief, which then allows you to just keep unfolding, um, deeper into yourself. So, and I think it's really healthy to have your own things. Um, and Mm -hmm. you, you know, he's a big golfer. I go to yoga, like we have our things and there's no codependency on like, or jealousy around, oh, you're going, you know, there's none of that. It's go do it. Cause I know you're going to come back your best self. You're going to come back with your cup full. And, um, our best man at our wedding, like his speech was like so spot on and earring you were there. <laughs> um, and he even said like, I've met, you know, Jen and, um, my husband, um, who they grew up with, but grew up together. But like, he's like, the first thing I knew is like, these were two people with full cups and they didn't have to like pour out or pour into, to complete one another. Like they just stepped into this together. And so it's so balanced and healthy. Um, and when anything is ever off again, have that conversation, have the difficult conversation to deepen. And I think the biggest difference that I've noticed through this conversation and I think you've explained a lot more, you know, on this platform than you have to me personally, um, some in different ways, but the toxic relationship was two 50% people coming together to be a hundred percent. Whereas you are two 100% people coming together to be 200%. And I think that's, 
you know, again, like for me looking, it's like, I need someone that knows who they are and knows who they want and has their own things. Cause I think when, when you're, I mean, your lives are going to blend, like you're going to have a family and you know, those are priorities change. But I think at the end of the day, and this is one thing that my parents did a great job at is I was like, whatever my mom wanted to do, my dad encouraged her more than she probably believed in herself. He believed and, you know, touching on Justin, Justin, Kelsey's boyfriend believes in Kelsey probably more than Kelsey does, I think, at sometimes. And it, it kind of goes the same thing with your husband is that they believe in you more and they should and support you and want you to be your best version of yourself. Because again, they're 100%. They don't need you to fill any aspect of them. And, you know, I definitely look up to you and Zach a lot in that. And, you know, it it's good to have examples, especially for someone like me in front of you that you can see. And it I always say it like rationalizes my thoughts because these are things that I've been thinking, you know, for since I was 16. And when you, since I obviously haven't found that yet, it's like, but I know that to be true. And I see it right in front of me. It's, you know, two complete people again, two 100%. And that's my favorite quote is you know, two 100% people coming together, be 200% because 200% is a lot better than hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I, I kind of, um, something that my family always told me is like your partner isn't your happiness. Your partner adds to your happiness. And I kind of think that's like, the key, at least, <laughs> at least for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find someone that's always happy to answer your phone call. <laughs> or my, my favorite, not favorite, but I think one thing that I hear a lot is they're my whole world. They're, you know, my significant others, my entire world. I don't know what I would do without them. And, you know, that's again, why we're on this platform to remind you that you're your whole world. No one should be again, this is just in my opinion, but I don't think anyone should be your whole world. I think they should be a part of it. You know, they should add to your life and they should make it better. But I think if it comes to the point where, you know, they're your entire world and without them, you don't feel whole and you feel like you're lost. It's time to, you know, ask yourself those questions again and say, is this really truly what I want? And again, everyone's different. And I'm not telling you, you know, your relationship is wrong or your relationship is right. But I just think, you know, successful relationships end well because they're each whole people. And, you know, you are not your husband's whole world and he's not your whole world, but together you guys make things work. Well, I think this is um, a really good note to wrap up. So thank you so much, Jen, for coming on the podcast and, you know, being so vulnerable and showing, um, like providing your story to others so that, you know, like Aaron and I said, even if there's just one person out there who's listening, who is in that situation in a relationship where they're feeling stuck, giving them advice on how they can get out. And there's happiness on the other side. And um, that's what we're, that's what we're here for. So thank you again for coming on. You're welcome. Absolutely. And Jen, plug yourself. So she does have a, if you're out there listening and you are just getting into yoga or you're an advanced yogi, she does have a really good YouTube channel. So I'm gonna have her plug that. Okay. (laughs) Um, Instagram is Zen Jen Walker. And um, you can find my YouTube channel linked on my Instagram. And we will definitely link it in our show notes. Awesome. All right. And as we close every single episode with Kelsey, what are you grateful for today? And then we will answer. I think I'm just going to be a little cheesy here. And I just, I'm going to say, I am grateful for love in all aspects, meaning like I'm definitely grateful for love in a relationship way. But going back to your story, Jen, I'm grateful for love in 
a friendship way and having great support systems, having great girls and friendships around me that um, build me up and lead me in the right direction. Jen, what are you thankful for? Oh my goodness. I know you said this is how we close your the episode. And <laughs> I know, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, which is good because I think it's good to come in, come into it from just the present moment. Um, I'm right now. I'm really grateful for stretchy pants. <laughs> oh, my belly's growing so much that um, how many I'm, months I'm in? in? I'm 22 weeks. 22 so weeks. Okay. I'm in month five. I'm halfway oh through the second trimester. I know. So it's it's growing every like I'm. It's crazy how fast I'm growing. Um. So I'm really thankful for stretchy pants. I am living in my Lulus, which, I mean, really wasn't different before, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm grateful for. <laughs> it's the little things, and I'll close it out. I think, you know, today and every day, I'm extremely grateful for my family, and my friendships around me. And, you know, tying in faith, I think, you know, I just gave three things that I'm grateful for, but they're all you know, the core <laughs> things in my life. And every day I wake up and I'm reminded how great life is and I'm surrounded by great people. Yes. And as always, please rate, review and subscribe. We appreciate you listening and we will see you on the next episode of the Pop Podcast. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.